and welcome to the ETL Business Podcast from May 25th, 2017. This is podcast number 60. I'm one of your hosts, William Sellers. I'm Michael Faisley. I'm Eric Malatesta. And today we have a special guest in the podcast booth today. We have Mr. Steve Nodo, who is uh, one of my co-workers here. He actually works with me in the Enterprise Pre-Sales um, Division. Uh, Steve, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much, William. And um, if you don't mind, tell us a little bit about what you, what you, how long you've been here. You're, you're sort of new to our to our family here. Um, talk a little bit about what you do for us. And uh, yes, I've been here about eight months here, and I work with our customers to help provide business solutions, data center solutions um, to their business problems to help them solve, you know, co-location, disaster recovery, Citrix as a service, those type of things. Cool, 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 cool. Um, so today's topic we're going to jump right into, and that is uh, Veeam on. Something you guys went to last week, is that right? Something we went to last week, yeah. So basically, for those who don't know, let's talk a little bit about, before we talk about Veeam on, let's talk a little bit about Veeam. Um, what is it, right? Yeah, what is um, it? Veeam is a, a backup and replication software that uh, has always been a really good software really re- recognize the industry for backup virtual workloads whether they're running in vmware or microsoft hyper v right and offers a lot of features things like uh quick recoverability or no recoverability which means you power on your backup right so what they call instant recovery as well as things like recovering file folders which is really boring but you gotta have it uh or yeah. doing really cool things like recovering sql server databases tables and they were one of the first people that were really using in the VMware world where you could restore entire VMs. Right? Exactly. And if you remember, back in the day, the first Veeam product I ever have had use was, was Veeam Fast SCP, That's which right. is what we used to copy VMDKs using a SCP, Secure Shell Protocol, versus doing things like FTP or copying around. So Veeam's been around for a long time, but really has matured in the backup and replication software. So... And they're a gardener leader in that quadrant. They're an innovator. They're they're they they've they've got their stuff together. Yeah, and then they're known. I think everybody in this audience probably heard of them before. Exactly, exactly. So uh, a little bit about Etel and Veeam, right? Because we are a Veeam partner. We're part of the Veeam Cloud Service Provider Partner, which means we offer to our customers Veeam as a service, right? We offer extend licensing to them to run the, to run the product in their remote data centers, maybe they're not in, in an ETL data center, but out in the world, so we can protect those workloads, as well as get that data off-site by using a product called Veeam Cloud Connect, right, which allows the customer to get an off-site copy of their backup data. Yeah, typically uh, that's what um, you know people are looking for these days, is to get their data out of their own building. Yep. Well, how long have we been a Veeam partner? Um, two years. Two years, I think. Yeah, we, we've been a. Well, actually, that's not true. We've probably been a, a partner for more like five years, but we were only using it in a small capacity before. That's true. That's just true. using it to replicate uh, VMDKs between data centers. That's true. We weren't. We weren't really using it um, out for customers. We were using. That's right. We were. We were eating our own dog food. Right. We were using right. it to protect some of our own workloads that we needed to either replicate or protect by backups. Gotcha. And not that other backup tools are bad. It's just Veeam fits in, if you're in the virtual, if, if is everyone, as people adopt virtualization, this is a great fit. Sure is. Um, so what is Veeam on? Okay. Um, it's their fourth year of doing this. This actually happened last week or week before last? Week before last, I think. So May right. 16th, 17th, and 18th. 
Uh, Steve and I were down in New Orleans, which is where they had the convention. Um, their fourth one, so their you know fourth year of doing this. Um, about three thousand people were attending. That's right? pretty impressive for for only your fourth uh, convention. That's very impressive. Very large turnout. It was a, a lot gr- of good technical reviews. It was a great turnout. I mean, we had everything from global IT leaders, technical engin- technical people, engineering, architects, uh, application developers, it, and it really was a global a global. Um, Expo because we had people from everywhere. Most of the people we met were from Europe or South America, Canada. And this was for partners, customers, everyone, anyone anyone, that wanted to come. Yeah, uh, partners, people who have, you know, like us, have partnerships with Veeam Mm -hmm. or just end users or Mm -hmm. anyone who wants to really buy a Mm -hmm. a ticket, right? The very first first day was for partners only. It was. It was. Um, very affordable conference. I mean, it was you know it was only a three day conference, but again, it's in our backyard. It was like a forty five minute drive from Baton Rouge, so very easy for us to get down there. Yeah, um, I know. And you guys got to meet a whole bunch of different people that we've heard about or read about or exchanged blogs with, right? We did. So it was funny. I was actually, and this is really weird. So, and I'll I'll digress here for a second. Absolutely. I was it's actually the first morning. I was I went to the conference. I went for breakfast, and I'm sitting down at the table. And there wasn't many people in the room, and I was sitting by myself, and I was, you know, eating my my bagel and having whatever coffee. And this guy comes, sits next, you know, sits across from me, and we start talking. And he's from Belgium, right, We're in that area. And I didn't think anything of it. We'd had a good, nice conversation. Hey, how's, how's, how's uh, New Orleans? What should I do? What should I see? We chit-chatted, and, and we went our separate ways after breakfast, right? And then later on in the day, Steve and I were actually going into a Veeam-sizing discussion the ugly sizing problem <laughs> and we were sitting there and or, or rather we uh we were walking into the conference hall where the the, the 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 session was going on and i look and i see the guy but now he's wearing his name tag and i can actually see his name and it was a uh, de win it was yeah. the guy who created the recover point simulator and I, right. and I said, I saw him. I said, "De win." I walked, I, I walked, I walked past him. I went back and I went, "I had breakfast with you the other morning." He goes, "Yeah." I said, "You're the guy who wrote Recover Point uh, Simulator." He's like, "Yeah." <laughs> so I actually got nice. a chance to talk to him a little bit. Uh, we talked to Luca. Mm, yeah, um, Luca, well-known name. Well-known name. Um, I think he built basically Cloud Connect. Yes. Right. So, and he's the one that writes all the white papers, and everybody knows Luca from the blogs. And he's the default go-to for Cloud Connect. Exactly. Absolutely. I think yeah. he's from Italy. Is that right? He is. He is from yeah. Italy. He is from Italy. Uh, got a chance to run to Rick Vanover, who's like their um, product evangelist, yep. and, and yeah. uh, he 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 actually knows me now. You know, kind of talked with him for a little bit. So it was it was a really good conference, and it was in that we we met with people who we've who we've who we work with, and that's always good when you can actually make these connections in real life. Absolutely. Anyway. Um, it was in New Orleans, great weather, great food. I'm sure everyone who went enjoyed it. Um, we did get the inside scoop for some uh, secret tools that VMware provided us from these guys, too. We did. We did. And, and, and as part of some of the briefing that we do internally here at Etel, we're going to be talking about some of these new tools that have been uh, in beta that we'll talk about for I hope it's I mean, I guess, I guess that's one of the benefits of going to a partner conference where, you know, hey, look, we, we're, we're here to sell more of your own stuff. How can you help us? And, yeah. uh, you know, we're here, you know, our competition's here, you're going to help them as well, and we're all going to grow. Our competition's going to get better, we're going to get better, Veeam's going to get better. Exactly. And, and and it was really good, and it was a very much a feeling of 
let's solve problems. Right. And let's not so worry about who, who works for who and let's engineers. Yeah, engineers. So these conferences are always good. Right. So let's jump in on day one. But what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the three days. It was day one, day two, day three. Sounds good. Day one, we'll start off with, really was partner day. Not that that's a bad thing, but it was basically geared for um, people who are partners of Aveen, which honestly, it seemed like everybody's a partner. So it was basically a full house on all the sessions. But uh, we had a general session in the morning, which is like their big, um, usually the CEO speaks or some of the major product managers will speak about the products. And then the breakout sessions are all done by partners like Exagrit, Nutanix, Cisco, VMware, um, Microsoft, that are geared to um, talk about how some of these products will interoperate with, with Veeam, right? Absolutely. So um, in terms of the general session, the CEO spoke about, you know, um, as we move into cloud and, and whether it's hybrid or private or public, being able to move quicker to bring business solutions to customers is, is totally key. Um, how do we do business with customers? The agility that we have to, to develop as we start moving into this cloud era is very, extremely important. A lot of discussion about that. A lot of discussion about integration points between these other vendors I mentioned, and then really um, talked about like the evolution of their business because it started out just virtualization, like you said. Then we moved to private cloud, public cloud, hybrid, any cloud now. Right. That's the way we're going. And that's a good. Yeah. And so when you say any cloud, I think I think for our audience, you know, I think these are terms that sometimes are coming out new. Uh, is, are we talking about like, uh, hey, I got workloads in Azure, AWS, Venue, Etel business, anywhere in the world? Exactly. Exactly. It means that whether we're physical servers, virtual, running just vSphere and Hyper-V, or mm -hmm. we're moving private cloud where we start actually overlaying a cloud platform over the hypervisor, right? Self-service. All these things that we talk about when we right. move from virtualization into cloud um, whether it's private, public, hybrid, Microsoft, AWS, wherever, that we can protect those workloads with Veeam. Okay, nice. And that was really kind of cool. That was good to see that, you know, basically everybody is adopting some type of cloud presence, whether it's internally, externally, public, or what, or, or hybrid. And you mentioned hybrid clouds are more of the trend nowadays. And Veeam wants to address both and, you know, what's in the cloud and not li limit their product availability. That's right, yeah. Obviously, they want to be able to, to protect you anywhere you are. Exactly, yeah. So that was mainly day one, uh, was focused on partners. Um, we, we Partners and also anyone in the Veeam cloud service provider program. So we went over a lot of things that, you know, how do we help our customers move quicker, adopting technology that, that, that is centering on using Veeam. I'm so sure that was really a whole bunch of great presentations that day. There was. There was. And I have notes that I'll be publishing to, to, to internally here and some that we'll post on blog articles that talk about some of the things that we've discussed. Awesome. So then we move into day two, which is really for everybody. It was the meat and potatoes. Day two, yeah, day two and day three of the meat and potatoes of the conference. Yes. And um, day two's general session was incredible. A lot of for me, I'm like, oh god, I'm sitting there trying to type notes and keep things straight. But well, you love you love all that new stuff. I mean, you see something <laughs> and you hear something new, and you've you, you've been waiting for something particular. And if you hear them even, you know, tease you with it, what you're is, excited. What is it like? I'm OCD on this some of that stuff. <laughs> but honestly, it's it's a good it's fun, right? Um, some of the announcements that came out on day day two were um, the availability availability suite version ten. 
And inside of that comes two, um, one new product, one product that's just gotten upgraded, right? And the first new product is the availability console. The yeah, let's Veeam, talk about that. I'm, you know, I want to know more about this. The Veeam availability console. And basically what this what this does is it allows IT management to reach Veeam backup and recovery servers anywhere in the world, okay? Centralized management for everything. And that includes things like, um, you know, deploying Veeam, right? If you're doing it on an agent to a physical server or maybe even creating jobs off on remote remote, remote uh, Veeam servers, right? Um, management, monitoring, even down to billing and invoicing. Is this going to be a piece of what traditionally we've known as Enterprise Manager for it? It is. It's actually Enterprise Manager on steroids. Okay. And it's free. So how is all of this done before? Like you're talking about availability, availability console being a single pane of glass to do all of this. How... How did you proceed with management, monitoring, billing a of, lot of, of all yeah, of this Yeah, great question. A lot of it was actually done where if I needed to manage, manage remote servers, and I'm even going to say remote customers, okay. we had to have more access into that network to get to the Veeam server, uh, right? And that, that was a little bit more of a, of a pain to get to, right? And now, sure. especially if we have people wanting to do MSP, managed services around yeah. Veeam now, we can really create tenants, right, inside of an availability console and actually remotely deploy um, software at the customer site. In fact, uh, one of the things that I was really interested in is when you deploy the Veeam server at a remote location, you enable the master agent, right, and that allows you to talk back to the service provider. And then the service provider can actually run scans of things that are inside the customer network and bring a build a report and say, hey, here are the machines that can or you may want to protect, whether they're physical, virtual. Mm-hmm. It's pretty big step forward. It's a huge step forward, yes. right? Yeah. I it's mean, really- if you remember in the past, you know, we had, we've done things as deploying our own scripts to gather data or to send us information about their uh, VBRs and all those kind of things. So this is a pretty big step forward for us. It, it, it is a huge step forward for it. I'm really excited about what, um, you know, we could be we could do with some of the stuff right and, and what we can offer for our clients to help them right and it's built in multi-tenant for cloud service providers as myself and the software actually works both for customers on on our end you'll see customer name and uh, on the customer side if they use the, the same console web-based console it'll say site name yeah absolutely so they okay. change it. Yeah. that's very good yeah so just a lot of things um, that make our job easier as being a managed service provider or, uh, you know, a, a backup provider just makes it easier for us to help our customers, right? Right. Not only does it make our jobs easier, it actually adds a large set of uh, options for the end user. Right. Right. So in the show notes and also in the blog article, uh, we, we, we'll post on the website, we'll post some show notes and we'll have links to all this because I know we're running, we're going to be running through some of these, um, so many software packages and features fairly quickly, but we'll put this in the notes for somewhere. The other piece of software that got announced um, during during the general session was Veeam version 10. Okay? Right now we're on Veeam version 9.5, I think update 2. I think we were on 6.x when we first started doing this, right? I know, I know. Wow. I know. Um, that's just the nature of how things yeah, move. It's moving forward. It's, it's great. You, you, things move forward so fast these days. But a lot of really cool feature updates to Veeam 10. Uh, let's start. There's about, we have five that we're going to talk about in that in this section. 
The first one we'll talk about is native support for network attached storage. Oh, that's great. This is great. I'm interested on in how they're doing it. Me too. <laughs> so <laughs> let me just say this. A lot of these things, since we're just coming off the session, the, this, this, um, this conference, right, there's a lot of things that we have notes to go back and, and get more detail on. So let me just put a disclaimer there that anything we talk about, um, these are things we just picked up either from going to the general sessions or being in a, in a, in a, in a, in a meeting, right? Um, we urge everyone to go look online and actually dig deeper. Absolutely. Right? This is just an overview. Now, with that being said, NAS support is so cool because, and you know about this, Eric, uh, you know, Faisley, um, Steve, the the problem we have is when we start doing backups to people who are, who are in virtualization, these tools all talk to underlying disks, virtual disks, right, VMDKs, VHDXs, whatever you have, either Hyper-V, VMware, it doesn't matter. The problem is if you have customers that go, well, I have data on a NAS, <laughs> on a SIF share, on an NFS mount or an export, right? How do you get that, right? Because it's not a VM. So all these softwares that talk to a virtual machine through the hypervisor, you can't talk to, a, and I'm not going to say this in a bad way, dumb storage. I don't mean dumb because storage has actually gotten really, really smart. It's just not block. It's not block, but it's also not a an operating system that I can right. install an agent on. That's I right. can't go and say, hey, take my... NAS and pull it into vCenter and let me manage it like a VM. Yeah. Doesn't work like that. That's right. Well, VM has recognized this as being a problem and now has the ability to treat the NAS like a regular server okay. by using uh, enhancements to the proxy agents, which is the data movers. Now we can create backup jobs basically for NAS exports, whether if it's SIFS, SMB, UN, um, UNC path, NFS exports that actually treat that export, that protocol, like a backup server. Mm-hmm. And we backup can get copy jobs to, right. to other NASs. So exactly. So great point. Uh, backup jobs to a repository like normal. Backup copy jobs out to cloud. And that's really cool because it, since it's like a backup job, I can do things like set up inclusions and exclusions. And well, and that's cool because now, you know, in, in, the, in the NAS world, unless you're running a, a, an enterprise-level NAS, mm-hmm. and, and, and some people are and some people aren't, but unless you're running enterprise NAS, you're not going to have replication built in. No. So this gives you a chance to replicate the data from a, a smaller NAS or, or a, a NAS with less features somewhere in the world and anywhere in the world. Right. But before, I mean, you're you're saying native NAS support now. Before, was there some type of like, Way to kind of shoehorn it in there, like you know. So there were, there's always been ways to solve these problems. Yeah, but hope not necessarily po- elegant. Pokey, yeah, kludge together yeah, I mean, ways, right? No, I don't mean it in a bad way. I'm sure someone who's out there has been in the world has figured out a way to do it in their environment. But in general, this is a built-in. This is a point-and-click you know, restore yeah, versus yeah. hey, I got to go through five steps. Gotcha. This is a supported right. feature. And yeah. and, <laughs> and, and, and 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 actually, Steve, let's let's say one thing all together. Support. <laughs> there's a way to do things in any situation through scripts or, or, or right. certain things. There's ways to solve problems. But this is a way where if something fails, you go back to Veeam and you say, hey, this didn't work and fix it for me. Yeah. Right? So support it is, is a big thing. Um, data profiles, right? Yeah. Tell me about this. I, I mean, I love the idea. Well, so when I say data profiles, I really mean just how you handle includes excludes that's right these so, things so you're creating policies saying if this this if this vm meets a certain standard maybe a sql and maybe it's uh you know uh, windows 12 then it's going to do something with it it's either going to have a 
five dailies, one weekly, one monthly, or something like correct, that. Correct. Correct. Okay. Basically, rolling in retention. Yep. Data profiles to where when you on. when you roll up a new a new VM, your administrator doesn't have to do anything; it's picked up. Correct, correct. The other thing that, that was quite similar, interesting some of the gold, silver, bronze policies. Right. Yeah. Seen. Some of the other things that were really interesting is it's not based on restore points. No, it's it's it's, it's based on, and I'm guessing since I was not there, uh, it's based on the idea of. Uh, you want a certain set of machines to have a certain st- style of backup, regardless of when they were installed, so or where they're installed. So you don't have to worry about creating the jobs every single time you add a new VM; it's picked up automatically. Correct. Uh, well, VM or or, or file or I folder, right? right? The thing is, it's also ba- based on versioning, so it's not necessarily based on. So, like for instance, if a if a file was never touched. Right, you may want to know well, what day is that backed up, or how many versions, or whatnot. So instead of looking at restore points, look at versions of that file. Oh, okay. You, you can nice. go in. Yep. And, you can go in and search for. I want three versions of a file. Right. You can go in and say, I need to go. I'm going to search for this file. I need what? Here are the versions that you can recover from. So really kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a great idea. In the end, it's great for long-term archive, and I think this tool will be used more and more as people need to archive data off to something else that we'll talk about in a minute. Um, you know, slower storage, long-term, near lines, near line, um, near line uh, tapes, things like this. Um, the other thing with this native backup support for NAS is you can store back to your, you know, right back to the NAS, right? You delete a file off your NetApp, put it right back. Or I can recover to my desktop. I can recover to another NAS. I can, VM. I can recover to a VM. So it really gets that data portable. Yep. This is going to be great, I think, when people are moving from maybe one storage vendor to another because you can do a backup and then recover and do a full backup or synchronization and then be able to switch around. So maybe not the quite as it's what it's intended for, but the possibilities of being able to have native uh, NAS support like this is really, really kind of cool. So um, moving Kind of shoehorning what I just said about um, archive, right? Mm-hmm. Um, one of the other features that came out release was uh, for the VM10 release was object storage support. Absolutely, everything is about object storage these days. Everything is about object storage, and um, I think this is very exciting, right? Because you know, if, the more and more we size VM repositories, the more and more we find, man, this data doesn't stop coming. And, and as you, I think one of the analogies they said is uh, within, what was it like, the last two years, we have like a thousand times more data than we did the previous year. It, it just, yeah. the, the amount of data growth is phenomenal. Actually, they used a new term too. Uh, I forgot what it started with Z to represent. Zettabyte? Zettabyte, that's what it was. Yeah. And yeah, then, we'll hit a Zettabyte <laughs> sooner than we think. Yeah. And so it's really crazy about the amount of data that people just don't don't get rid of. Don't don't. It's every, we store everything forever. Well, a lot of people, you know, as we know, have rules and, and regulatory compliance that they have to meet that doesn't allow them to remove data. It could be for lots of different reasons. It could be for health health standards. It could be for lawsuits. Could, I mean, there's so many other reasons why you keep data forever. Mm-hmm. More and more industries are getting regulated. That's right. They have to maintain their data longer and longer. Right. And, and, and multiple copies, too. Yeah. So so object stores, as you were getting ready to say, 
is a great place to put some of this data that you know you're for the most part you're not going to touch it very often you may want to be able to show your auditors that it's there mm -hmm. but you don't necessarily have to pull back from it that's, that's what i'm guess, guessing where you're going with this and so veeam is doing something great is they're saying we're going to start writing to object that's exactly what i'm what i'm what i'm what i'm talking about and um when we talk about object storage, obviously the, the main ones we're talking about, and we're not we're not saying so we're not saying object storage is just these S3, Glacier, and Azure. It can be anything that talks um, a supported object format, right? So, I don't have the list of supported protocols in front of me for object storage, but typically when people talk object storage, they talk about S3, which is um, Amazon's um, it's, object storage it's protocol. The biggest. Yeah, it's it's it is the biggest, right? Yeah. Amazon is pretty 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 huge glacier again another amazon product really um slow, slow and deep yep. yep put it in there please don't take it out right yeah and then microsoft microsoft azure um with i think it's store simple allows you to write to object right. another one which is you know put it in there please don't take it out exactly and and really the point of this is um this allows you to age data off that you're not using mm -hmm. if this is not if this if this piece of data is not hardly ever accessed it's just going to leave it alone and then eventually move off the public cloud yep. right this is configured by what i love i love the term is called sober <laughs> a sober repository which actually is a scale out backup repository right. we use these in our own data center yep. um to be able to um basically always have an infinite amount of storage right because you just add repositories yeah. to this big uh, repository that creates an aggregate over your storage. Um, but one of the type of sobers that we can create is an archive sober and then have a policy that gets the data for certain ages or, or, or a versioning, gets it off-site. Let me, I, I see uh, future podcast is going to be storage and uh, protocols to communicate. That's, hey, I let's, mean, let's you're, do you're, it. you're hitting all over these things right now. You know, that's one of my favorite topics. It's, it's my favorite topic, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, look, going down a little bit farther here, yeah. uh, Will, I see now that you're, 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 you're talking about a little bit about how the, um, the actual technology is working. And, and go into this a little bit for me because I see where you're saying they're going to be changing the way they do their backups. Yeah. So, one of the – so, during the general session on day two – I don't know if it was a CEO or one of the product man senior product managers basically said, and Veeam is moving away from snapshot. Hey, technology. everybody clap. Yay. We're moving to iSCSI. Well, I shouldn't say iSCSI. It's SCSI interception. That's right. Which basically, if you're familiar with Veeam, you take a snapshot, a VMware snapshot, um, makes the VM read only, uh, changes get written to another file, you back up the read only file, you concatenate the um, the changes back into the right. file, and you're, you go back on the road. And then you've got that backup set. And um, so all, always, you know, you know, small shops, no big deal. Less busy shops, no big deal. But the bigger your shop, the more snapshots you got going, as well as the busier your systems are the more complicated it is because what ends up happening in inevitability is that the VM is quiesced. Mm -hmm. And that's what, while the snapshot, even if the snapshot is just the state, the storage system's doing the snapshot for you, there's a 10 or 15 second snap. You know, let's just say you're a bank. You know, that 10 or 15 seconds is actually crucial to you. Yep. So yep. that snapshotting is, is actually a crucial piece. So seeing that they're getting rid of that, that's, that's great news. It's great news. Uh, I think it's going to make backups. Now, again, if you're on an all flash array, you're probably not going to really flinch or have this thing called VM stunning where... And you may be in about five years. But you may be today. in five years. 
But this gives us the ability to be much more efficient with the way we get data from the hypervisor off to a storage repository. And I think when the um, I think when the, the announcer said that, I think we the, we heard cheers from different areas. <laughs> I'm in here. Of, I'm, I'm clapping here too. Different so. areas of the auditorium, and my mouth dropped. I was like. You know, because there's other there's other backup and replication technologies that uses this. So it was very interesting to see Veeam adopting this. Well, I, I see. I think I see people um, adopting odd backup schedules because they don't want to really back up their SQL Server when it's busy. Yeah. But however, you would think, well, let's do it at midnight. Well, at midnight, they're doing the transactions to to do billing or do payroll or all those things at one in the morning. Yeah. And so they can't really do it at midnight either. So they're, they're coming up with interesting time schedules. Hey, we're yep. doing it at 8 a.m. We know yeah. we're live, but that's the least busy we are during the day. Which, you know, it kind of brings up something I always tell customers when we do Veeam demos, right? And yes. when we walk through the screens and we're showing, you know, new customers how to use Veeam, I always go, you see this button here? It says continuous data protection. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can set, do I want to do a backup every two seconds. Yeah. You, Please prob- don't do that. you probably don't want to do that, right? Because what you're doing is you're continually going, taking a snapshot, backing up, closing a snapshot, taking a snapshot, backing up, closing a snapshot. That's not typically healthy for your storage, right? And probably not too good for your VM. But now with this, with this new technology that SCSI interception, plus the fact that CDP continual data protection has gotten improved as well. I didn't go into this in the notes. I think it's going to make that avail- a, a real a real um, possibility. That so you let's can let's do. just talk real quickly for these people that don't haven't heard the term of SCSI interception. Um, and this is something that's been going on for a while, actually. I think di- other companies have utilized this. I mean, even as far as back as 2005. Um, so what what's happening is they're installing a system, their driver, and that driver is sitting between in like layer three or four, and it's actually taking any kind of write or read and it's intercepting it, and then it's writing it to two locations. So if you have a write that needs to happen to the disk, it's writing the it's making one write and it's saying. I acknowledge the write, sending it to disk, and taking another write and writing it somewhere else so that can be replicated. Think that's all it is. Absolutely. Port, port You're mirroring right. for storage. Sorry again? Port mirroring for storage. That's basically it. Yeah. So, right. and, and this is something. Splits the write. And you're absolutely right. And this is something um, I think I think I don't know when it, this is an API that VMware exposed so people could write applications natively to take advantage of this. So it just opens up the amount of people that can do this type of um Communication, right? right. Hypervisor. So that was pretty interesting. I think that was really. Um, I think that's a, that's a that's a great step forward. I think it's a great step forward. Now, the last thing we'll talk about for for day two, um, which you're either using it or not, is Veeam storage APIs, right? To be able to, you know, we talked about snapshots going to VMware. It automatically takes a VMware-based snapshot, um, snapshots to the VMDK. Um, Veeam now has the ability to talk to certain. Um, Storage vendors, uh, Exagrid, VNX, from EMC, yes. HP, uh, Store Simple. Yeah. Or Store Once, Store Simple. They even added some Dell ones, too. And some Dell ones that basically say if your SAN or NAS is doing storage based snapshots, compellent. Yes. I, I don't know about compellent. Hand off the snapshots. It does replace. Replace. So you have to be on the Veeam H- HCL for this. But if you're able to do these snapshots, Veeam can. Offload. Offload that. So instead yeah. of doing a VMware-based snapshot, you just say, hey, San, that, that snapshot you got, let me index that and get that backed up. Um, that's pretty big, too. It's pretty big, too. But that's what we're doing now. But to recover, you had to go in and create a job, and then you had to do a little bit more work to get the data out. 
with this, um, the the new store, the universal storage API, it actually opens up to more storage vendors to be able to get snapshots. So it makes a call to the storage system and says, "Hey, mount me this replay or this snapshot, mount it read only or whatever it is it is going to that you want to do with it, and then bring it into the VMware environment or a Hyper-V environment and do something with it." Yes. It's more and, of an open source code for all vendors. Yeah, and what it really does, and really the product, the, the, the candy, right? What's cool is, you know how we have a Veeam Explorer for SQL, SQL or Exchange, or um, SharePoint. Active Directory, Active right? Directory, great. Now, great there's, now there's a Veeam Explorer for storage snapshots. So I want to recover from storage. I go in, I get the, uh, the snapshot. I have the tree. Right with all the okay. different versions, and I can come and pick and choose, and I can recover back to the storage. I can recover back to another computer. I can recover to my desktop. Really flexible. That's very flexible, and it's directly uh, integrated with Veeam, so that's good. Right. Um, day three. Day three was the most exciting, I think, because they actually demonstrated a lot of the new products. So that's great. Will likes live. all the nerdy part. Yeah, live, like live demonstrations live of all the products. Seeing live demos too. I mean, I was pretty. Um, impressed by the demonstrations they did. And of course, the big thing they focused on was Office 365, which I guess be the next topic we come up with. It. Yeah. So you want to tell us a little bit about um, Veeam backups for Office 365 or what they call VBO? VBO. It offers all kind of uh, new features uh, for email. And one of the things we probably left off our notes, William, is uh, profiles are apply to Office 365 backup. So you could apply a profile to an OU using Active Directory. Oh, nice. Any user you put in a certain OU gets that profile for Office 365 backup. Nice, nice. So, That's actually very flexible. So, you, or, so what you're saying, too, and I'm hearing you say this, is that uh, now I'm going to be able to back up my Office 365 mailbox to my own, uh, my own location, my own on-site location. Yeah. Yes. That's big as, you know, as, as and really, honestly, um, in the session I was at, you know, the, the, the person giving the session said, okay, who's moved or moving to Office 365 right now? And literally like 98% right. of the people <laughs> rose the hand, raised raised their hand and said, we're either moving now or have moved. And, 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 do they, and, and, then, and then I guess everybody has the same question as, you know, hey, I don't have to worry about, you know, high availability. Microsoft does that for me. Correct. However, as we know, and I haven't been a frontline uh, support guy for a while, but I do know I still get calls, which is, hey, man, I deleted this email. You know, can you get it back for me? Yeah. Or this folder. I deleted this folder by accident. I wasn't paying attention. I was in my OWA web <laughs> session. And, and, and you're saying now that I'll be able to back up these email objects anywhere I want and restore anywhere I want. Correct. The problem is user of user error events. It's it's not right. some type of global event or anything like that. Yeah. And I think back focusing back what William said when they asked to raise a hand, the next question was how many people are backing up your Office 365? And there was none. And, and there was none. Right. Well, there's, and always, like, there's always someone there yeah, with, oh, with, I do it. But. Yeah, I wrote a custom program. I wrote it, a custom script to go and pull out my data. And, well, you know, like you said, Microsoft focus on availability with multiple data centers, things like that. But, you know, recoverability is what Beam is focusing on for, for the Office. Yeah, so that's a great difference yeah. that you just yeah. you just yeah. made, you know, you know, uptime versus recoverability. Right. Yep. And the that, big announcement at the new version was – OneDrive and SharePoint. That was announced yeah. the last day. Yeah. So so basically you're saying the whole suite. The whole – so it's uh, email, it's OneDrive, SharePoint, 
I think that's the major three components of all three right. funds that put back out. And the thing and is, the is people, you, you know, and they talked about, they asked business, you know, IT management or leaders that are in, you know, IT from the, more of a business perspective, well, why haven't you moved to 365? And the thing that the most people would say is, well, I have no way of governing what happens. And since I'm in a, you know, I want to be able to take, I want to, I want to be able to touch my data. That's one of the reasons why people may not adopt it. Well, with this, really, um, you install basically a Veeam backup server with a repository, right, in your local data center or, or IT shop, right? And it connects to Office over the Internet, and then it starts backing up your mailboxes, okay? And it does it really does it, it does it in a very efficient way, so you don't have what's called overheated mailboxes. And we learned a little bit about that, and that was kind of interesting. It staggers the backups across mailboxes, so Microsoft didn't get um, aggravated with you and, and, and deny connectivity. Um, but the key thing is, is I can recover back to a PST, and this is recover an email, a deleted item, contact calendar event anything that's an exchange object okay right um and so you can recover it to a pst pst back to office 365 or if i want to map to my own exchange server i can do it okay and uh, someone raised the question and goes ah well this is a good mechanism for getting for migrations right we can get in and out of cloud maybe i want to get out of office 365 back onto exchange yeah, or i want to go going right there or i want to go from exchange to office 365 and the guy kind of steps back a minute and he grins and he goes well that's not the intended purpose but yes you know yeah. you could do that and um, you could restore um emails for legal hold those type of things yeah so the other so, thing was it's is the search capabilities yes so if you need to search for an email that happened two or three years ago searchability right and that that's the other thing is um so that's all done through this. the policies all done through policies uh backup you know Very backup jobs or policies yep. you can do either and the thing is is all this integrates with availability console right so now right back to day re- one re- here reporting uh, billing and invoicing, all, all this stuff can be managed from one location. That just, you know, that's awesome. So it sounds like... And, uh, so and the best best part about it, it's very, very, very inexpensive for per, on a per-user basis. I'm sure our listeners will like that part. <laughs> uh, I mean, we're a reseller, so that's great. You know, we, yeah. anything that's inexpensive to the end users can be even uh, better for us to resell. Correct. Sure, so sure. I, mean, I, I got a quick question. We, we, we've talked a lot of about um, you know backups to um, public cloud, private cloud. Um, I, I keep thinking back to uh, last week's podcast where we talked about security. Uh, does Veeam offer any type of encryption in flight? Um, along does with Veeam offer encryption. So in actually, anytime you're doing like if you're using their Cloud Connect type products, it's already it's all SSL yeah. based. Okay. So. Yeah, it's the encryption in flight, not encryption of the data. But you right? can't you can okay. encryption you can encrypt the data once it gets to your look to the repository. Okay. So you can say this backup job or policy, encrypt it, put in right. your encryption key. That back that that data okay. is encrypted. So there's two different pieces there that you're talking okay. about. Michael, someone did ask that question. Like, okay. They said if you lose the key, though. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. If, you, <laughs> if you lose it's the, the key, it's the host, proverbial but... issue of <laughs> yeah. making sure you've backed up your keys. Uh-huh. Um, and, and we, you know, we have we've been selling backups for years, and we had yeah. a backup product that's had encryption enabled for years. And we had clients mm-hmm. call us and say, "Hey, we've lost our key. Can you help us restore our data?" And what's, what do we answer with, Will? Sorry, sorry. <laughs> and because you know we're we're um, 
we're a cloud as well, so we don't keep your key. We, sure. And we have no way of having your key unless you give it to us. So uh, once the key is lost, the key is lost. Yeah, it's gone. Yeah, yeah. So so basically, and that's something we, we try and make sure our customers understand before they go check that box is understand the implications. Right. So moving on to the last thing we'll talk about for day three, pretty big. Veeam, we've been talking about a lot about virtualization, VMs, cloud, Office 365, NASs. What happens for physical servers? They're finally coming out with something to help the end users that say, hey, I've got boxes still and that I do not ever want to virtualize. This Correct. is very big because Veeam was getting passed over for a lot of customers. That's right. They couldn't yeah. do this. And that's right. they finally woke up and said, oh, we yep. got to come up with something. So they're installing an agent, basically, that's going to talk back to the VBR server, and then it's just going to move their data there. Yes. It basically says, uh, you know, you, like you were just saying, you install an agent in the Windows or Linux operating system. You register that agent with a VBR server or availability console, and then you can um, do backups. It's the same full options, right? So I could do a what we, we call a, a BMR restore. Correct. Right? So a BMR restore is gigantic, right? So if I have another bare metal server that, I, you know, my, my server died, power up any other bare metal server, use a base boot that contacts the VBR server and pulls. That's great, man. Yep. That's great. Yep. Forward. Uh, also allows you to do application-aware processing. So things like uh, SQL, uh, SharePoint, Active Directory on a physical server. Um, yeah, I, you know, I, yeah. I, love, I love to see that question. You know, ask, ask your end users, how many of our end users are backing up their Active Directory? Right? Mm. Well, the thing, the thing, you know, so... So, why do, so you know, as an assistant admin, I would say... Hey, I don't need to back up my Active Directory. I've got five servers. I've got five domain controllers yeah. spread across, you know, three different physical sites. And I mean, I just have a huge catastrophe for for me to lose all this. But what we forget about it, the simple things, you know, the data lost to an end user, removing removing the users or, or, or the mail the objects within the actual user being corrupted. Yes, right. Phone numbers, uh, email addresses, home addresses. Office mailing addresses, all those pieces and parts. Mm-hmm. I mean, you remember, you open up Active Directory, there's thousands and thousands of attributes for each object. Yep. And especially and also, a group policy. You know, if you have a large organization with yeah. large printer group policies Great and point. everybody's set up already. I got something even that's better than that. You what's guys that? haven't talked about. What's, what's, part of D- what's part of Active Directory now? <laughs> I was just alluding to it. DNS. DNS. It's always been a part. It's always been a part. You're right. But, you know, for now, and this is, you know, we talk about backup, and we've been doing backups for a long time. What's the hardest thing or more, the most pain in the, um, PKI the eyeball, too. right, to recover <laughs> is Active Directory. You kind of have to do the whole server right. or maybe do system state and then kind of put it back. And if you want something, one thing, you got to do everything. Well, now with this, with the agent, whether it's, and this is really goes back to VMs or physical boxes. Now I can recover a single user account. I can recover a C name record from DNS, an A record. I can recover um, group, you policies. Know, group policies. This is really cool. Now, again, I'm not talking specifically for physical servers here. This is just Veeam in general. Um, yeah, I mean, because let's face it, a group policy is just, you know, a file. Right. right? So it, being, being a file can be corrupted. A file structure can be uh, corrupted. So being able to restore this information, that's critical. It's very critical. Well, like so, Michael said, people fat finger things and delete them. That's yeah. right. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention is, um, you know, for physical servers, you can also run this on VMs. And yeah. Okay. So one of the one of the guys in the con in the in the session was like, "Well, I run some Zen." 
<laughs> you know, what do I do there? Because then nothing can do, you know, Veeam don't talk Zen. And the guy was like, well, any non-standard hypervisor that you want to, you know, back up, protect a VM, a virtual machine, uh, just install it. Right. And he was like, well, that might work. Now, you don't get things like instant recovery where you power on from backup, but you don't have all the virtualization goodness that you get. But you could build a VM with a shell, and then you could mount the disk and and, uh, connect to the VBR and restore. Absolutely. Absolutely. So a lot of good. That's great things. It it sounds like... uh, Sounds like this year has been a very productive year for Veeam. This year has been a very productive year for Veeam, and I think we should watch, um, you know, go to veeam.com um, and, and make sure we, we, we keep up with things like that. I'm going to try and post some of these notes to, to the public website so people can take a look at. Now, speaking of websites. I hear there's big news. I hear there's a big news about etailbusiness.com. Can't wait to see it. I'm so, all excited. When's it going? Uh, we are having a... New launch of the website. So let's just say this. Today Coming is soon. May 25th, right? So if you're listening to this right now in the near future, today is May 25th. But uh, the new website's coming in approximately two weeks. Yep. So, so first week of June is when we expect that to be made production. Yep. What's that um, new URL? It's going, to be? it's going to be the same thing, www.etailbusiness.com or just etailbusiness.com. Right, uh, but I've been working with the developers. I've been looking at it. It's, it's very nice. It's going to be uh, a new skin. It's going. It's going to nice. be. It's, it's going to be fresh. I like it. That's cool. Cool, cool, cool. We can't wait. Can't wait. So, so you're going to have things published there as well, right? Yeah, that's going to be great. Yeah. I mean, and, and we have white papers there now. We have white papers already there. That's correct. And, and we've talked about some of our white papers uh, in the past. Um, we have a great guy working on them, John Nettles. Yep. Yeah. And the podcast will be available, and then. On the new side as well. Oh, nice. Oh, Spoiler is alert. So talking Spoiler about the you. web, the podcast, I that. the podcast can be found on iTunes. Search for Etel Business or just Etel. We also uh, on Stitcher Radio for those people who are on Android devices who want to have a podcast aggregator that they can install and use. Stitcher is on, we're on Stitcher. Uh, find us on Facebook at Etel Business and on Twitter at, at Etel Business. And um, just check, check, keep an eye out for the new website. All right, guys, that's it for this podcast. Thank you very much, Will. Thank you very much, Will. Thanks.